Oh, welcome to welcome to a Wednesday night Bible study. You can go ahead and be seated. This is a this is kind of like Bible school, and we start on a topic, and we'll stay with it a number of weeks. And and so we started back in the first of uh, September. We started talking about back to the basics, and and so that's what we've been building on. And awesome message last week by Trey on healing, and every message has been great. Just uh, just foundational. To our growth and uh, and foundational to to what, what God desires to do in our lives, and um, also so grateful to all our volunteers for this past weekend. Uh, whether you went on the, the basketball outreach, whether it was up here at cleaning day, or whether you were part of our anniversary service, and man, we had such a, a great time out outside in the parking lot and had an awesome time. So I want to give you all a hand for everyone that was involved in in helping with that and. You know, and, and so it's kind of interesting. People have said, wow, I didn't, there's a lot of people in this church I haven't seen, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, when you have two services on Sunday morning and you're like, well, they go to the second service, you go to the first service and so you never meet. And, and so it's interesting to see all the people that were there and it was just an excellent and best is yet to come. And amen. I'm excited about the word tonight. Amen. So my topic tonight, and I'm going to deal with this in the next two, the next two Wednesdays. And I'm going to talk about the basics of prayer. It's almost kind of like Vince Lombardi back in the day after they won the Super Bowl. He'd come to the team at, right at spring training and he'd say, this is a football. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, coach, we just won the Super Bowl. Um, I think we know what that is. But the thing is, is, is I think where most people fail in life or struggle in life is they really let go. They let go of the basics or or maybe you you have a concept of something, but you don't have understanding with something. And, um, you know, even going back and just refreshing myself in, in some of these things, it's, it's, it's knowing the why. You know, I think that's the most powerful thing, whether you have a corporation or whether, whether you're a, as a Christian, uh, having a vision for your life, vision for your ministry of whatever it is, it's, it's getting a hold of the why. Because the why is what fuels your life to, to go forward, to, to, to step in and do the things that you know that God's called you to do. And, and so if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel, Daniel chapter one, and I'll get there in a moment. I'm going to lay a foundation. Sometimes the foundation could be the whole service. So we'll see how far we get. I guess I've got this weekend next week. So, so this word is filled with, with keys for successful living. You know, that's, uh, that's what I, I look at this and, and I've seen what God's done in my life for 26 years um, since I got born again. And, and, and there's keys to successful living. It's not, a, it's not a religious book. It's not a book just full of ideas that haven't been tried or tested, but they're, they're ideas that proven. They're so, they're so proven that there's so many leadership books out there and, and the people will coin them as their understanding of leadership, but yet you can find them in the Word, right? right. You know, there's so many companies, you know, even with scientists, they'll, they'll say, well, this was discovered, you know, like say, say for instance, I'll just something simple. How about evaporation? You know, evaporation was, 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 was discovered in, in like, I think 1600s or so, but actually it's written in the book of Job and it talks about as the water comes up and the world's co- water comes down, it returns again. That's evaporation. And so it wasn't some scientist. It was actually in scripture way before that it was founded. So there's, there's things all through the scripture 
um, that, that are going to bring success to our lives. And, and, and so, you know, these, these are keys. And, and what I want to deal with tonight with this aspect of prayer, this is, this is vital to your, your Christian life. And I'm going to say a few statements. Um, prayer, a prayerless life is a powerless life. A prayerless life is a purposeless life. A prayerless life is an unchanged life. And a prayerless life is the defeated life. So a lot of times when we look at something, a lot of times we can, we, we can, I can minister from the lines of what it's not, because when you talk about what it's not, then it can give us a better idea of what it is. You know, there's so many concepts about prayer and understanding of prayer. I, I grew up in a religious church and the people that were always in the prayer, in the prayer room before services were, um, little old ladies that had blue hair. And these were, these were the pray, these were the prayers of the church. You know, they were the prayers. And, and, and so, you know, it's kind of like my question, where were all the men? Well, so, well, the women do that. The, the women, the women are the prayers. I, do you see that? I don't see that in scripture. You know, I, I don't see that in scripture that, you know, people have so many concepts of prayer. Some people will think that, that their, their prayer, that they are, that they, they have the, um, the spiritual gift of prayer. You know, it's like they think it's one of the fivefold ministry gifts. It's the, it's the apostle, the, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher, and then the prayer. No, the prayer wasn't one of the, the, the fivefold ministry gifts. But some people say, well, that's my, I have the gift of intercession. Well, um, we all should have the gift of intercession. This is not, this is not, uh, you know, so I want, I'm going to kick over some, maybe some sacred cows that you might have about prayer and understanding. And, and people say, well, I'm just called to prayer. Well, so am I. Well, you know, you don't understand, Pastor. I have this, this spiritual office of prayer. And, well, so do I. This, there's, there is not some sort of special place that you have in the church because you're a prayer. It's really everyone should have this. It's not a, this prayer is not a, it's the responsibility of the believer. It's not the responsibility of the preacher. And so this aspect of prayer is something that's vital. We are all called and commissioned and appointed to this place of prayer. What is prayer? You know, uh, let me ask, just let me throw out some, anyone give me some ideas of what, what prayer is? Anyone? Anyone? Speaking to, Speaking to God, that's good. Anyone else? Communication, hearing from God. You know, we all have a concept of prayer, but I really want to break things down really small with this aspect of prayer. If we look at the word prayer, and it's uh, in the Greek, and it's prosuke, and if we look at this word um, prayer, and we divide it between these two words, P-R-O-S, and then uke. So let's, let's look at that, because it really gives us a better understanding, because all of your definitions of prayer, talking to God, communicating with God, you know, you could say asking, you could say, you know, declaring and, and you could say all these different things. But I think the most vital thing is if we look, really look at the Greek word. And if we look at the first part of this Greek word, it's P-R-O-S. And this word pros means to, it means to come near. It means to turn aside. It means to go forward. It means to approach. It means to come by the side of. It means to turn towards a certain direction. So when I look at this word prayer, it's not just me speaking something. 
but it's a position. I'm, I'm coming alongside of something. I'm coming near to something. And so a lot of times we have this idea of I'm praying, but for one, you, you're, you're so, you, you don't understand that you've been invited to work hand in hand with God. To work with God. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is the intermingling of two lives. Prayer is, is it's the act of sharing one's heart. It has to do with intimacy. It's like I said, it's not just the religious duty of I'm speaking, I'm speaking something and I'm asking God something. No, it's I'm drawing near to God and having a conversation. It's it's prayer is my invitation to work hand in hand with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is drawing near to him. It's it's not just doing all the talking. It's. It's letting him speak. It's letting him talk. Prayer could, prayer also means to worship. It means to make requests. It means the expression of desire. It means to call or decree. So I could say it's coming alongside of him and expressing a desire. I could say it's coming alongside of him and worshiping. It's coming alongside of him and asking. So here, this aspect of prayer, it's working with him. And I, I had, I mean, I had this idea of prayer of, of it was just something that happened when I'm in trouble. You know, if all else fails, let's pray. If all else fails, pray. pray. This aspect of prayer is the responsibility of every believer. It's for young or old. It's, there's not a, there's not an age limit on this. This is, this is something that is the, the invitation to every believer. And so I want to look at this in Daniel chapter uh, one, verse, verse four says, he's talking about choosing certain children in verse four. He says, choose children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge. Now let's go to Daniel chapter, uh, let's go to Daniel chapter six. I want you to see because he's talking to, about children, choose children. Daniel chapter six, verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime, as he did before. So first I want you to see that Daniel's a young person. Daniel's a child. So he is not someone that we're talking about. I, I really want you to see, and I know this is kind of a simple thought, but, but this is an idea that prayer isn't for someone that's just more experienced. Is not for someone that's a, a preacher. It's not someone, it's not for just women. It's not just for men. It's not, it's for every believer, male, female, young or old. It doesn't matter. And it said that Daniel prayed three times a day. And I like how it said this, how it says before his God. It was before his God, meaning, meaning it was, it wasn't him just, just haphazardly just throwing out requests, 
But it was a position that he took. He came alongside and he is working with God. Prayer is the ability to work hand in hand with the creator. Work hand in hand with the creator. So prayer is the responsibility giving that given to every believer. Prayer is not a one time event, but it's a daily practice. It's the lifestyle of a believer. Now, why, why don't people pray? I mean, I'll give you the examples of why I didn't or why in my, even my Christian walk, why, you know, I was limited in this area of my life. One of the things I wrote down was just being busy. Number two, I didn't think it worked. You know, if you don't think something works, why would you do it? You don't know how to. Another one is you don't feel worthy. These are these these are hindrances. See, we're we're all called to pray, but but if these certain things don't, if we don't understand the importance of it, and we don't understand the 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 power behind it, and the lifeline that it is to the believer, this is this is something that 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 it isn't just for this person or that person or this person just feeling called to pray. This is. For every single one of us. Look to your neighbor and say, this is for me. Go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. It'll take you to quite a bit of scriptures. I'm just going to just keep it basic. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, and he spoke a parable unto them. Who spoke? Jesus. And Jesus spoke a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and to not faint. Men ought always to pray. It, not, not sometimes. Not when you're in trouble. Men ought always to pray. Meaning, this is the position that men ought always to pray. This, this is, this speaks of lifestyle. This speaks of daily practice. This speaks, this speaks of, uh, of, you know, uh, a consistent part of your life. Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to, ought, you ought to do something. If you ought to do something, meaning you, this is what you should do. This, this means to be a practice in your life. You, you ought to do this. You ought to do this. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, praying... Always. How often? Always. Praying always. With all prayer. Praying always with all prayer. Let's go to First Timothy. Thank you, Father. First Timothy. Chapter two. 
for the sake of time, let's do verse 8. The Amplified says, I desire, therefore, that in every place men should pray. I desire, therefore, that in every place men should pray. Now, this word everywhere means in every condition, in every opportunity. So this is, I, I desire this. I, I desire this. This is, this is what, as I'm, as I'm talking to you, Timothy, and I'm talking to you as a young pastor, and I'm talking to you as you're leading the church of Ephesus, you know, and the church of Ephesus was what, pray always with all prayer, praying always with all prayer. And now he's telling Timothy, that's the pastor of Ephesus. And he's telling him, you know, I desire that men are always the men to pray everywhere. Everywhere. And it, and it's, it just doesn't mean, well, just in a location, but it's talking about in every place on every occasion. Meaning there shouldn't be, th- there shouldn't be some things we pray about and some things we don't pray about. You know, I, I was guilty of that because in sometimes because, you know, I, I encountered a certain situation and, and I'd be like, okay, well, that's how I did that situation last time. And so therefore, instead of really seeking God about it or even praying about the situation, I just went in to do what I did last time. But in every occasion, in every occasion, in every circumstance. See, this is this is just really basic. This is the thing is, is is you were called to pray. This is this is a charge given to the church. This is a call given to every believer that your life should be all about a lifestyle of prayer. You've been invited on this journey to pray. Prayer is the lifestyle of the believer. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Chapter five. I'm going to read the Amplified. Verse 16, it says, Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Be unceasing in prayer. Be unceasing in prayer. Now, you can say, well, pastor, does that mean I just need to walk around and just be praying 24-7? No, that's this. This has to do with an attitude. This has to do with the attitude that that the position that you put at your your attitude is is your position on how you think about things. So here is be unceasing in prayer, praying always. Be unceasing in prayer, meaning meaning this is this is how I go about my day. I think it was uh, Smith Wigglesworth. I think it was him that said this. He goes, I never prayed more than an hour, but I never went for an hour without praying. Meaning, meaning it was just this constant communication. You know, I I mean, this is something that I, I have to continually cultivate in my life because it's so easy to get busy. I think that's one of the worst four-letter words that we have is busy. Just it, It's just like, it, you know, what do you do? I'm just busy. I'm just busy. I'm just busy. I'm just busy. So this aspect, this, this aspect of, 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 of prayer is this open communication with heaven. It's like while you're driving, you know, just asking the Lord, okay, all right, what should I do? 
What, what direction should I take? What? All right, the situation's come. I'm about to go into this meeting, and I'm just driving. It's not. It's not like I'm having to sit in a corner in the dark on my knees somewhere. You know, having to having to say Hail Marys and these repeat these these memorized prayers. That's not prayer. That's not prayer. So the world has so many concepts of what prayer is. It's not just reciting this prayer or reciting that prayer. It's this living, breathing relationship with the creator. And he says, be unceasing in prayer. Be unceasing in prayer. King James says, it says, uh, pray without ceasing. Verse 18 says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. Now, now, don't pull out just that in everything give thanks because this is the will of God concerning you. This, he's, all, he's writing here just in, 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 in one thing after another. He's saying, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. So let's take out just the in everything give thanks. We could say this, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, well, well God, what, well, pastor, what's, what's God's will for my life? Pray without ceasing. What, what should I do in this situation, Pastor Justin? Pray without ceasing. See, this is the will of God concerning you. Do you know what God's will for your life is? Is for you to live a relationship that's vitally connected to him. See, it's not just, I'm not just demanding things. I'm not just asking something, but no, I'm coming alongside of. I'm sharing my heart. I'm expressing my heart. It's, it's the, you know, the word, the word, um, you know, like the word no. You know, it says, you know, eternal life is this. John chapter 17, verse three. You know, eternal life is this, to know the one true living God in Jesus Christ whom he sent. To know that that word know there isn't is an idea of that word. know is is where we get our English word intercourse from. And it's not a dirty word. It's it means the intermingling of two lives. So when it says, what is eternal life to know the one true living God? It's not just have an understanding up here or head knowledge, but it's all of a sudden my life is intermingled with him. This is prayer is about having is not a religious duty, but it's having a a living relationship, an intimate relationship with the creator. With the creator. Pray without ceasing. This is the will of God concerning you. This is his desire for each one of us to have this type of relationship. Excuse me. God's will for you and for us is to live a life of prayer. You don't need to turn there, but Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Now, please, don't, it's not it's not the religious idea of of why well, I just need to sit in my house and pray all day. No, you, you, you can pray everywhere. You can pray when you're walking outside. You can, you can pray while you're working. 
You can, you can pray while you're doing menial. You can pray while you're cooking. You can, you can pray. I'm telling you, don't, don't limit prayer to some sort. Yes, have a quiet time. Yes, have a set aside time where you, where you pray. But this aspect of prayer is to be a continual communication. Continual communication. I'm telling you, the enemy, you know, I heard this statement. It's like, we didn't pray because we didn't pray. What do I mean by that? You know, it's like, it's that aspect of because I haven't been praying, I don't know if I can pray. Or maybe I don't know the right words to use. Or I don't know the right terminology. I don't know... You know, I, I don't know scripture. I don't know. I don't know. All, I, I'm not a pastor. I don't know. I, I, I just got born again. I don't know how to do these things. And, and because you didn't pray, you don't pray. But what, what is prayer? Prayer is, prayer is this. You know, I, I'm married to Annette. And so, so prayer is this. It's not just me asking her to do something from the from for, over the phone. It's not just me asking her to do things from a distance, but it's me coming alongside and having a conversation. God, what should I do about this situation? Right. You know, it's, it's just putting yourself in a position to not just speak, but put yourself in a position to hear. It's not a religious duty. It's not just something. It's not just the. the it's not just a Christianese word. Well, well, you just need to pray more, brother. It's not just no. It's this man. This prayer. This is. This is wow. This is a key. This is a key to a successful Christian life. It's the. It is. It is our. It is our consistent and constant lifeline with the Father. You must look at prayer as your right and your privilege. It's not a religious duty. It's your right and it's your privilege. You've been invited. You've been invited to end this journey of prayer. It's your right and your privilege. It's your ability to work hand in hand with God that has the ability to change things. You see, it's through, it's through prayer that I can change my tomorrow. It's through prayer. You know, the psalm says this. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. There's a few quotes I wrote down. Ian Bounds says that prayer is the way you align yourself with God and his word. John Wesley says that God is limited by our prayer life. John Wesley also says that God can do nothing on the earth unless someone pray first. Let me say it again. God can do nothing on the earth unless someone pray first. You know, the, 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 you know, Trey last week he talked about, and I thought he did a great job talking about the phrase that people use. Well, God is in control. No, God's only in control of what you give him control of. God, you know, God doesn't show up where he's needed. God does not show up where he's needed because there's a lot of needs in this earth. <laughs> there's a lot of need. And if God shows up where he's needed, then he's doing a horrible job. 
God, God doesn't show up where he's needed. He shows up where he's sought. You know, it's interesting, you know, on that same thought, you know, in, in Exodus, he, uh, you know, the children of Israel were to be, were in bondage, supposed to be 400 years into the Egyptians. And, and you get to Exodus, the end of Exodus chapter two, I believe it is. And he says, it said, when 430 years had passed, then the Israelites cried out. You know, it, it was like, well, God, I thought you were going to do something 400 years. Well, well, come on. It, it, see, God couldn't do anything until his people did something. And then it said he heard their cry and he sent. Then all of a sudden, that's when God showed up into a burning bush. And it wasn't until Moses, what, turned aside. He didn't yell at Moses. He didn't say, hey, Moses, hey, Mo, come over here. I, I got something to share with you. No, it said when he saw the burning bush, he turned aside. And he walked away. And it wasn't until he turned aside that God was able to speak. See, God's not, God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. So, so we have to understand it's not about just God wanting to do something. It's just the fact that God needs you and I to take this position in place of prayer. It's a lifestyle. It's a right. It's a privilege. Thank you, Father. If we look at something as a religious duty, you'll never receive the benefits from it. Why? Because if it's just a religious duty, it will be void of faith. And if it's void of faith, it'll be void of power. When it's a religious duty, it's just the thought of the mind and it's not a motivation of the heart. If prayer is just a religious duty, then it just becomes... A thought in your head and not the motivation of your heart. Prayer is something you don't have to do. It's something we get to do. Prayer is not something that I do to just make me sound more spiritual or more religious than someone else. No, it is is my lifeline with with our Heavenly Father. Praying always with all prayer. This is, this is, it's not, it's not based on, on a, a, some sort of gift in the body. It's not some sort of thing based on your age or, or whether you're a male or a female. No, it's the right to every believer. Prayer is a key to success. Prayer is a key to seeing God's hand move in the earth. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. says, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Amplified says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggers, sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith and by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. So he says, be followers of those that inherit the promises. It was through this faith and patience. But it says, don't be spiritual sluggards. Don't be lazy. 
You know, another thought with this Romans, I mean, Romans chapter 15, verse four, it said the things that were written beforehand were written for our learning that we might have comfort and hope in the scriptures. Meaning if I look at those that went before me and I look at how they lived, then I can have the same hope that they had. See, the Old Testament wasn't written just for something for us to just throw to the side one day. But it said in the New Testament that we need to look at them. And because there's something that they did, there was something in their lives that we can apply to our lives to get results that they had. They inherited promises. They received breakthroughs. They changed things within their society and they changed things in the world around them by their life of faith and patience. So faith and patience is, it, it, it is not just words we use, but it, it, ha- it has to be played out in our daily life. It can't just be the word faith or just the word patience, but those things are seen in our actions. Those are seen in our daily life. You know, if we go through, I'm going to just point out, so I'm not going to go to all the scriptures. There's, there's tons of them. But if we just look at just Abraham, our, we consider our father in the faith. So he, 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 he experienced what he inherited promises, right? And we know it was through faith and patience. But also we see what did his faith look like? What did his faith look like on a Monday morning? What did, what did his faith look like? Well, we, we can look at this. Abraham prayed unto God to get direction. He prayed unto God when it came to the healing of Abimelech. He prayed unto God when he got revelation of that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did he do? He prayed to God and he said, God, if there's 50 righteous, please spare that city. If there's 30, right? If there's 20, if there's 10, if there's one righteous, he, well, God, God, so Mo, so Abraham was taking this place, coming alongside of God and seeing something change in his community. And really it came down changing a family member, changing a family member. And I, I can take you to the life, even when he, he had failed God, so to speak. Abraham had failed God and, and tried to get the promise of God to come to pass in his own life. You know, Romans 4 tells us this. It said that Abraham was strengthened in faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Praise. Praise is another form of prayer. Amen. Worship is another form of prayer. So it's coming alongside, it's getting connected with, it's, it, it's, it's working hand in hand and having joint interests. It's kind of like if, if I'm Abraham and Joseph is God, it's, it's Abraham now coming together and now because they have joint interests. Let's work together, God. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer is. It's not this, this, this I'm just throwing out some things and see if something sticks. No, it's this living relationship with the creator. Thank you, Father. In Numbers, Moses prayed for the people to be delivered from the snakes. 
First Samuel chapter two, verse one, Hannah prayed unto the Lord for a son. First Samuel eight, six, Samuel prayed in the Lord in behalf of all the children of Israel. Second Kings four, three, Elisha prayed for the Shunammite woman's son to be raised up from the dead. Second Kings 19, Hezekiah prayed for God to intervene in his life and intervene in his situation. And I mean, I can show you all through the scriptures, all through David's life, all through Joshua's life, all through these things that their faith was played out, not just saying they were men of faith, but how did it work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? It worked because they had a constant relationship with heaven. And I'm telling you, that that was the Old Testament. Jesus hadn't come yet. How much more? That we have Jesus, that, that Jesus sits next, sits in heaven interceding for us. How much more that we have the Spirit of God that, that Jesus said that not only would be with you, but would be in you. How much more? So in the Old Testament, they inherited promises, but it wasn't, it was based in the same aspect of life of prayer. I mean, I'm telling you, it, and it doesn't matter how how good you sound, or if you know all the right words to say, if you all know all the right scripture, just have a conversation. I, you know, years ago, Jesse Duplantis came out, came out with the book, and, and it was, um, it had, I don't know if I remember the title, but it had a coffee cup on the, front, on, on, on the front of it. And I think it was like, you know, wanting a God I can talk to. Something like that, you know, and it was just like you, he, he always talks about, I just have a conversation with God, but I'm telling you, religion, denominations have made it so difficult and, and so challenging and so hard when all it is is, Hey God, I let's talk. I'm having an issue with this. And it, and it's in that, that he'll give you wisdom. It's in that he'll give you direction. And it's in that that he'll maybe open your eyes to something. It's in that 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 you'll know the next step to take. It's in that maybe he'll show. It's in that 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 all of a sudden that when you know my, my mom, when I was an alcoholic and and working at a liquor store, you know, and my mom she finally got to a place where where the Lord told her said, "Stop begging me to save your son." Why? Because she wasn't she wasn't praying. She was begging. She was, oh God, if you just, if you just, if you just do the, if you just do that. And, and he was, and the Lord spoke to you, he goes, I heard you the first time. So when, when are you going to believe that I heard your prayer? See, you, you have to know that God hears your prayer. You know, if we continue looking even at Daniel's life and, and he prayed, he fasted for 21 days and, and he prayed to God and, and, and that, those things. And it said, it said immediately, it said the angel showed up to Daniel and he said, I was sent the very first day. <laughs> you see, it, it, it has to be this, this living relationship, this living relationship. There's a lot of different aspects of prayer, you know, and like I said, it's, it's going to be challenging to get a lot of these basics out in, in two weeks. <laughs> but I, I want you, I, more than anything, because there's so many things. We talk about praying in the spirit. We can talk about prayer of agreement. We can talk about all the different, but first I, I, you, you need to know the basics, the, the heart behind it. 
I know a lot of people, they, they may, they, 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 they want to pray about this. Just, you gotta know the base. Just, man, it's just, it's just straight up communication with God. You have a right and a privilege to pray this. Let's go to Psalms chapter 55. And I'm going to start to close with this. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 55. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Why do we pray? It's our right to pray. Why do we pray? It's, it is our opportunity to fellowship with God. Yeah, I'll say it that way. The two fundamental—if you can get a hold of this—the two fundamental reasons on why we pray, and you can keep it down to these two primary ways. Number one, why do we pray to fellowship with God? And number two, to get results. Just the the two fundamental basic reasons on why we pray: one, to fellowship with God, and number two, to get results. Get results. You know, so we talked about the why. We talked about the when. When do we pray? Always. It's a lifestyle. Who's to pray? Everyone. But you have to settle this last point I want to deal with. Is you have to settle it. You have to have confidence that God hears you. That, that's one of the reasons and different things. I was trying to look up different why people don't pray and looking up some of those things. And, and no matter if they had eight reasons, four reasons, 15 reasons or six reasons, you know, most of them came down to a lot of people don't pray because they don't think that God hears them or they don't, they're, not, they're not worthy enough. They don't feel like because of their lifestyle, because of what they've done, that God doesn't hear them. And this is something that you that you need to walk out of here tonight, burning, a burning understanding in your heart that when you pray, God hears. Don't second guess that. Because you can come up with all sort of issues. Well, well, I, well, you know, I, I think Pastor Justin can get his prayers answered because he's a pastor. It has nothing to do with that. So t- t- take any scenario, any question in your mind on, on why God doesn't hear you and totally kick it to the curb. Because you have to, you have to have this faith on the inside of you, this faith and patience. It was through this faith and patience that they inherited the promises and, and they lived that faith out based on their relationship with heaven. But the faith was found in they were confident that when I pray, God hears. For, in, for instance, before I get into this, just even let's look at Jesus for a moment. 
John chapter 11, I believe verse 44. He's standing before the tomb of Lazarus and he's standing there and he's, he's looking at this tomb and, and he's realizing that everyone's around watching and, and praying. He says, he goes, Father, I pray not for my sake. I pray for their sake. I pray not for you to hear me because he goes, I pray. He goes, and you always, he, Jesus, you always hear me. I don't pray this for my benefit, but I pray this for their benefit. He goes, I thank, he goes, I thank you. He goes, I thank you that you hear me always. I love that. I thank you that you hear me always. Settle that. When you pray for someone that God is at the center of what you're, that's why in Matthew chapter 18, it says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of you. And if any of you as agree touching anything, it should be done by our father. Jesus says, by my father, which is in heaven. Why? Because you're not just praying with us two, but God's right there. Why? Because prayer is not just something that we're doing on our own, but it's us getting hooked up with him. So you have to have this confidence on the inside of you that when I pray, he hears. Let's look at two accounts in Psalms. Psalms 55, verse 16. So David's going through some issues here. He talks about how someone did him wrong. It was someone he was close to. It was someone that he walked hand in hand to the house of God with. Then in verse 16, he says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord will save me. I will call upon God and the Lord will save me. So I will call and he will answer. I will call and he will save. Is that what Jeremiah 33, 3? You know what that says? I, I called upon the Lord and he answered me and he showed me great and mighty things that you know not of. I called upon and he answered me. And so you have to understand the psalmist, this position of faith that the psalmist was in. I will call and he will save me. Verse 17, evening and in morning and at noon will I utter my complaint and moan and sigh and what? And he will hear my voice. He will hear my voice. Just put your hand on your heart right here. Put your hand here and just pray this after me. Father, I thank you when I pray, you will hear my voice. Settle that. He will not could not might, but see, will, will, will is a matter of fact word. Will he will. If he will do something, he, we, God doesn't change. God doesn't lie. God, he will do something. Let's go to Psalms 
I think it's chapter 6. Psalms 6. Thank you, Father. I'm going to close with this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 6. It says, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Now look at verse 9. The Lord hath heard my supplication, and the Lord will receive my prayer. Amplify says, the Lord has heard my supplication, and the Lord receives my prayer. I love that. The Lord receives my prayer. Wow. He receives your prayer. Wow. The Lord hears you, and he receives your prayer. Wow. Man. Man, it's almost like the moment that you speak it, God says, I'll take that. I receive that. See, that's why our prayer, prayer life has to, you know, you know, even in James, it says you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. But then it says you also because you ask amiss. Meaning, meaning that's why our prayer does have to be lined up with his word. You, 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 you can't pray for something that, that, you know, that's not, that doesn't line up with his word. Why? Because he wants to receive it. And he can't receive something that's not, not, that doesn't line up with his nature or his character. You know, I remember Jim McCrossey was telling me a story when he was up in Montana and he was ministering sometime about, about um, prayer and, and being led by the spirit. And, 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 and I think this one, it was specifically just about prayer. And, and this lady came up to, to brother Joe and said, said, brother Joe, I need you to come in agreement with me. I, I'm, I, I'm believing for my spouse. I'm believing for a spouse. And, 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 and brother Joe said, I can pray, pray about that. And he goes, well, well, it, it's really specific. It's, 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 um, it's, uh, it's that gentleman over there. And, but he's married to someone else right now. Well, wait a minute. I can't, I can't, I can't pray about that. That's, I mean, you know, that, that's just plain dumb. I mean, that's just plain, that's witchcraft. That's crazy stuff. But so I know that's a, I, I know that's a crazy story, but, but the thing is, is it's, he wants to receive your prayer. He will receive your prayer. If you go through all the Psalms and you look at the top of them, like just the, even these few Psalms here, it says chapter five at the top of mine says a morning prayer. Chapter six says the prayer for mercy during trouble. Top of chapter seven says the prayer of a wrong man. You know, and, and all these Psalms are, are David's prayers. Why did David live that? He lived this lifestyle. Why? Cause he knew he will hear my prayer and he receives my prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Father, for 
for the simplicity of, uh, of this understanding of prayer. Father, that, that as believers, each one of us are called to this place of prayer. We've been invited to this place of prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, that as, as believers, as your children, Father, we, we choose tonight to take that, take, take hold of that invitation and, and come to this place of prayer. That we, we get to get involved with you. That we get to, uh, we get to be in joint interest with you. We get to, to, uh, to, to do things in the earth with you. Thank you, Father. Father, we take this calling, we take this invitation to be and live a life of prayer. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, I just thank you for just a, a burning, just a, a, a desire. Lord, I thank you that when the word is preached, I thank you that word is a seed. Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 13 tells us the sower sows the word. And so, Father, as tonight over this service, I sowed the word tonight. And I thank you that that what began as just a word seed, I thank you were germinate and turn into a passion. Where... Where when they wake up tomorrow morning, they go to bed tonight or wake up tomorrow morning, this word that was preached tonight would burn on the inside of their hearts that they get to take this place of prayer. Not just for what what they can bring to pass in their own lives, but ultimately it's what we can bring to pass in the earth. What we can bring to pass in our family, what we can bring to pass in our workplace, what we can bring to pass in our community. What we can bring to pass in our nation. Thank you, Father. That would, that would burn. That burn. That would burn on the inside of us. This, that there would be just this hunger to live this life of prayer. It would be beyond just a religious concept. But it would just be the motivation of our hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stir a heart of prayer in this church. Holy Spirit, stir up a heart of prayer in this church. Stir, Holy Spirit, stir. Stir the the hearts of the fathers in this place up. To be prayers in their home. Stir the hearts of the women of this church up to be prayers in their homes. Stir our, our youth up. Stir our, our, our young adults up. Our college group. Stir the, stir the hearts of, the, uh, of every age group. Every person. Every nationality. Stir every heart up to, in this hour, in this day. To be, to be, to be conduits of prayer. To be... To be uh, uh, um, Thank you, Father. Monuments of prayer and be movements of prayer, Father. That yeah, that not that we would just be monuments of religion, but we'd be movements of your uh, of your will in the earth, movements of of your power, movements of what you desire to do, Father. Thank you, Father. 
That I know that this, the, the things that you're wanting to do in the earth, I thank you that, that, that it begins at this place of prayer. As John Wesley said, that God can do nothing unless someone pray. Even as Charles Spurgeon said, he said, asking is the key of the kingdom, Lord, that, that we would take that place and that position of prayer. Lord, I want that, just that, that heart, that fire, that hunger, that heart of prayer. If that's your heart, if that's your desire, just lift your hand up right where you are. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that every revival that took place, every revival that was took place throughout the the earth and great awakenings throughout scripture, great awakenings even throughout the book of Acts, Lord, they all began through this hunger and this this aspect of prayer, a life of prayer. Thank you, Father. Mm. Mm. If you rose your hand if you raised your hand, just repeat this after me. Father God, I receive your heartbeat for being this life of prayer, this person of prayer. Thank you, Father, for your will being done in my life. Use me to change my environment. Use me to change this church. Use me to change this community. Use me to change my family. Use me to change our local schools. Use me to change this nation. In Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that tonight? Amen. Well, give him a shout of praise if you receive this word tonight. Amen. Hallelujah.